0: And uh, welcome to some Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy! And today we're going to talk a little bit about Wonder Woman 1984. But before we do that, Buddy,
1: why don't you to the folks at home, what it is you do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple. On this podcast, we like to talk about games, but also movies and, and ner- nerd shit, I guess. Um, the biggest nerd shit that has hit recently is... Wonder Woman 1984, which came out on Christmas Day, right?
0: Yeah, on HBO Max. But you just days. saw it
1: today. I watched it yes. in the Christmas break somewhere. I was, like, doing something. I was, like, I don't know, fucking doing, like, world quests or something. And then I was I was watching Wonder Woman uh, maybe the day or two after it came out. I remember I was, I was seeing a lot of hot takes about it. And I was like, well, I got to not get spoiled. So I watched it. Oh.
0: Well, in the spirit of, of hot takes to not be spoiled by, before we go and spoil this movie, what's your kind of baseline opinion?
1: I think it's fine. I think it is inoffensive and fun and pretty stupid, like, pretty dumb. But, like, it reminds me a lot of the early Marvel movies. You know how when we were talking in our great, gigantic Marvel podcast about um, the... Prevalence for the fun and games middle part to be, like, really fun, you know, like, in Iron Man or whatever. But then the back half is kind of a slog and not super great, so you just kind of, like, weather it because the middle part is fine. That's sort of how I feel about this, right? Like, I got reasonably kind of swept up in what was going on. I think everything was pretty, like, basic and straightforward. Not in a good way. Like, I would say that, um, like, Aquaman is a good movie that is also very basic and straightforward. But just in a, a, like, I can't get mad at this movie sort of of way. Uh, So, you know, it's pretty not great in the overall scheme of things, but I had a fine time watching it.
0: See, I, I, I think it's worse than that. Like, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't think it is like actively bad, right? It's not as bad as say Iron Man 3. Sure. Um, But uh, I think it is like, there's nothing that's so terrible
1: about it, but there's just so many little things that, like, bother me. Oh, see, this I... is exactly it. See, I also see those things, but I think of those as, like, nitpicky bullshit. I don't really have any major problems in the same way that, like, Captain Marvel is a movie that has, like, major story problems that I can really highlight and point to. This doesn't really have that stuff. It just has, like, a lot of little shit that I just think is dumb and stupid.
0: Yeah, so, so I, 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 think, I think I generally agree with you. I think the... Arc of the story is simple enough, but I think it's handled with so little care that it that it kind of like, like any of the individual points, I think I could live with, but they they, they pile together so much that they they overcome that for me. Okay, I get um, that.
1: I get that for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, and and there's so other stuff too, but I think it's a good point to put it at the spo- spoiler mark. Um, you know, we're gonna spoil the movie. Um, uh, so if you want to watch it yourself before being spoiled by it, go watch it now and stop watching the stream, um, or stop listening if you're listening at home. Uh, that's your spoiler warning. All right, so, uh, where, where do we want to start with this? Um, I, uh, I think we, I kind of want to start at the beginning. I kind of want to start at the beginning, because, um, that whole intro scene on the Thermoscara or whatever it is, so the, the thing that hit me most about it is just how, Bad. So, so this is the thing. The CG looks bad, but not necessarily in a. How do I want to put this? So, I was watching it. I thought that looks bad, and I thought no, that looks campy. And like I thought it worked in say Watchmen, right, where like mm. everything was kind of goofy. It was like that kind of like a wuxia almost level of stuff. But then I think it mismatches the rest of the film. The rest of the film doesn't have that kind of like raimi esque or like you know Watchmen esque level of. Uh, maybe it's, like, surrealism, maybe it's, like, magical realism is, is a better thing. like that? No, I get aqu- that.
1: I feel that way about Aquaman a lot. Like, I think it's very, like, a lot of that stuff is sort of, like, unrealistic is, is sort of, like, the word for it. But it all sort of is inside of the same aesthetic. So it works. In kind of the way that, like, Wow, doesn't have great graphics, but it's all inside of the same aesthetic, so it kind yeah. of like works despite that. I do think because Wonder Woman was si- simultaneously trying to be like grounded in the real world, but also magical bullshit, that it didn't quite, uh, that it didn't quite hit the mark. And I, I think that came out
0: the most in the CGI, right? Like that, like in the like the, the thing that like like I think epitomizes it the most for me is, like, in the opening scene, there was, like, somebody, like, running up a waterfall on the side of the thing, and it's, like, it doesn't look great. Like, it doesn't look like somebody who would be, like, theoretically really doing it. it looks like it looked, like, kind of, almost like a Ouija version of it, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, that doesn't fit with, like, that was just, like, the, that was the first time it stuck out. I mean, I just kind of, like, kept hitting the movie every time they did something with CG. Um Like, the scene where she saves the kids from the middle of the road, I thought mm-hmm. was, like, like, I, some, at, at some level, I can't tell if it's, Terribly done, or just like poor style match for the for the thing. Like I think the 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 um the the, the rescue uh, the the kid rescue in, in the middle of the street might be might just be poorly done if the, if that makes sense.
1: Um, I don't quite remember the specifics of it. I do remember this cropping up in places, specifically the end, which I thought was rough. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, I'm just gonna. I guess I'll just take your word for it about like the kid rescue in the middle. I just like can't. I can't picture it in my in my head. I know exactly the scene that you're talking about, but I just like, can't remember the specifics of what the CGI looked like. Yeah, it, it's where she's swooping in to pick the kids up, and then I also I think it's also followed up. I don't
0: think the scene where she lands with like what I assume are, are, are dummies looks looks great either. I don't think that was as bad. Like I don't think the practical, Like I think the practical effects for the most part look all right like they look fine but like they're they're like contrasted with like these kind of bs over the top cgi scenes and i, and I think i think that also helped like doesn't help with the, the kind of the 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 mesh there
1: yeah uh, i think but... that this movie lost a lot of the pa- i like the the original wonder woman quite a lot um and i think a lot of the action in that movie had like real heft to it heft is a weird weird word for it but you know impact is what I is what I always mm-hmm. think of that, that <clears throat> when I talk about like the the Marvel movies and the DC movies having different cinematography for their action that heft that impact is really what I'm talking about so like Aquaman has it man of Steel has it even Shazam really has it well Shazam is basically like man of steel but it was not all, it was sometimes there in this movie. It was there in the Egyptian car chase, which I, I was like, that, this sequence is good. This sequence is great. But then there were other pieces where it just kind of kept cutting in weird ways that I didn't like. So kind of half the action scenes, I was like, boo. And the other ones, I was like, this is fine. See, I, I'm with you with
0: the car chase until the moment where the car flips and then she gets launched in the air. Because I think that's another moment of like kind of like, like unrealistic, you know, uh... Unrealistic, like semi-magical bullshit, right? Like the car, like look, that car flip, looked like almost like a like I'm, I'm when I looked at it, it was like that looks like a like the like a, a meme scene I've seen from like um, Bollywood movies, right? Um, you know, like where like the cars just kind of like fly into the air, like th- 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 that's what it, it doesn't quite look that cheesy, but that's kind of what it evoked in me. Um, I think I think it's kind of like a running theme, right? Like like hokey schmaltiness, sh- even. Right. Like that runs through. the like even runs into the theming. Right. Like, you know, um, you know, kind of jump all the way to the end. Right. Like she, you know, she convinces the world to everybody revokes their wishes in the day is saved. And I don't believe that for a second.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> like,
0: like the the movie's, too, the movie's too grounded for it. Right. Like if this if this was like literally some kids movie. Right. Like if this was like, you know, you know, uh, you know, Pixar does Wonder Woman. Maybe I'd buy it, right? Like mm. because like that's like the that's like the world that the movie lives in, right? Um, but like, I don't believe like I, I I don't believe for a second that literally every single person. Also, there's 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 a ton of like I had a big fridge moment where it's like, wait, the dude who was worried about getting like l- effectively lynched by um, by the populace for putting up the wall that kept everybody out. He could have just solved that problem by renouncing it immediately, right? Like, and that's not, like, a huge deal, right? Like, that that I think verges on nitpicky. But, like, that was just, like, a fridge moment for those I was, I was thinking, like, wait. He could have solved that problem, like... Because it's played in the movie, like, that he's... Like, him renouncing it is tough for him to do. But, no, he actively wants to renounce it because it put him in a bad situation. That was the whole thing, right? Like, uh, Max Lord or whatever his name is. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you know, I'm going to, you know... His his wish was more monkeys paw than most people's wishes, right? Like the, I don't think the monkey pawing is, is super is super uh um super consistent throughout, right? Like 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 uh it implies that Kristen Wig only becomes an asshole because of
1: the wish, not because the power went through her head, right? Like um Yeah, <laughs> I I have um I kind of forgive the movie some of this stuff, but I do have some, like, weird quibbles, which is mostly that I just think it got too big, which I I understand is part of the core theming, right? Like, the core theming is cheaters never prosper, Maxwell Lord is a Ponzi scheme investor guy, and he is just, you know, like, doubling down and doubling down and doubling down, and he will, like, otherwise destroy, like, otherwise impacted, he will destroy the world or whatever. Okay, fair enough. Um, but, like, I, I just had a weird, I, I had a weird time reconciling this with, like, are, are we in the, at first I was like, oh, this is clever, right? She's, like, saving people, so it kind of answers that question of, has Wonder Woman been around between, you know, the first movie in World War I and Batman v Superman? Yes, but she's very, like, keeping out of the public eye, you know, she, he hits the video cameras with her tiara so nobody knows. Whoa. It's like, okay, that's cool, right? That kind of solves the, like, with great power comes great responsibility thing. Because otherwise you kind of ask that weird question of, like, wait, did Wonder Woman just, like, let Hitler happen? Well, now you can kind of infer that, like, she was there, but she was trying to, you know, stay stay secret and stay to the sidelines sort of thing. But then, like, the movie just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm just like, this is not in the same continuity, it's like Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. You cannot have Man of Steel coming out in, you know, whatever, 2013 in a world that essentially seems like it, like, immediately kind of diverges, right? And I can buy that, like, Batman has been around, but he's, like, off-screen doing his thing. Okay, that's, like, fair enough because he's also, like, Batman. But are you telling me that in the middle of, like, the 1980s there was this gigantic global crisis and everybody just, like... I, I, I just thought it got, like, way too... I just thought it got, yeah. like, way too big and way too crazy. Um, and I guess it's not in continuity anymore? I have no idea how that... Any of any of that works. I think it's very stupid and very dumb and that the movie should have stayed small and contained. Like, I, I just don't see why it had to get that big. Uh, yeah, or, or it kind of like, ruined it. Maybe picked one villain, right? Like, uh,
0: you know, like... I, Kristen Wiggs character was interesting until, like... She wasn't right. Like she was interesting up until like the point at which she realizes that she, like like she's she's interesting until her heel turn right, and then she's nothing right. Like then she's like she's not very interesting right. Mostly I think that's because like the the big fight scene at the end is bad right. It reminded me a lot of the Venom fight scene in that you couldn't really see anything.
1: Yes, uh-huh. I agree with that. Though I also think that fight scene was weird because they already had that fight scene in the White House. Like nothing changes between mm. the White House and the and the end, so it's kind of sort of the same thing. Well, the See, White uh... House fight scene I think is great. Um, because there's a lot of kind of character drama there where, you know, you really do see that she is kind of addicted to this power and that she wants so desperately, uh, to, to kind of like hold on to it now that she understands that it's like momentarily fleeting or whatever. I was very, this is part of the fun in games. I was very on board for that. But then at the end, it's just like, oh, and, and she's here again, but also, I mean, to, to,
0: to be fair. Um, I mean, yeah, she's still, actually, I think she probably shouldn't have changed, but this is, you know, like, you know, you over, like the the thing I'm always on about is you overcome your problem, right? Like Wonder Woman lets go of Steve right before that, right? and overcomes it and she's back at full power. Also in that suit, which is
1: kind of gets like immediately jobbed, right? Like, um... That was, like, I, I know exactly what that was. It's one of those comic book things that, like, is famous. Like, that, the Golden Eagle suit that she wears is, like, a cool thing that, like, it's like Batman in the mech suit in, in BVS. Like, that is a famous thing from the comics. When Batman and Superman fought at the end of The Dark Knight Returns, he had this cool bat suit on, or, like, the the mech suit on. And so it's kind of, um, it's kind of, like, a reference to that, so, in, in comics all the time especially in Elsewhere Comics, Kingdom Come is really where it comes from, Uh, she'll don this, like, golden eagle suit thing. Um, And it's, like... It's just, like, a cool comic book thing that really looked bad and doesn't make any sense in, like, the narrative of the story. Yeah, so it's
0: funny, because I I watched the Red Letter Media uh, review of this, and they thought that she had, like, renounced Steve mid-fight, like, when she throws the wings off, and that was supposed to be, like, the like she's no longer relying on the armor, and she's at full power again. I think, you know, if they had done that, I think that that would have made sense. I think it would have been harder to like, get the rest of the story beats to work together. But, like, the, the suit also, like, like I said, the suit just gets jobbed so hard, right? Like, she puts the wings around her, and they don't really do anything. They get beat up for a while, and then she puts them off, and it's a triumphant moment, but for, like, no real reason. She just, like, fights... Uh,
1: Minerva off and you know it's it's
0: fine i guess yep. like uh, plus
1: she like changes into it like off screen or whatever yeah. it's not even like it's not a, see for instance i think they're kind of aping the trident moment from aquaman where he picks up the ancient trident and then um, kind of like realizes his destiny right as the as the king of atlantis at the bottom of the sea but that was a genuinely transformative moment right because he is so He is finally accepting his own sort of, like, limitations, right? And and the thing that he says is, like, I'm not worthy of this. And, And that humility is what grants him the thing. So it is simultaneously a cool moment of, oh, now he gets to don the actual Aquaman suit that we all know and love with this famous trident and a transformative character moment. But in Wonder Woman, those two things are divorced from one another, so it just feels like, I don't know, it yeah. just happens off-screen, sc- off I guess. Yeah, yeah, and, I don't know.
0: That, that reminds me of of the thing that I thought was the absolute kind of worst in terms of just, like, the thing that I thought was the stupidest, which was um, her learning how to fly by, like, useless aphorisms oh really right
1: i right. actually like that a lot i i really liked i wanted her to fly i was like i i don't know maybe this is a justice league thing the justice league cartoon wonder woman flies just effortlessly but like in the comics and in and stuff, it's always very wishy-washy does she fly does she need whatever and so i really enjoyed it when she so, learns to fly and it's doing the thing with the so lightning the act of her flying
0: i don't think is the problem right and I, I know I have I have issues with her last wing lightning for the same reason I have issues with the rest of them like I think that falls to the unrealistic things doesn't those. but like her learning how to fly because she remembers Steve telling her to like go with the wind is just like you know like you know, you, you know the you know that's not how the force works from the you've heard, it's like that's not how aerodynamics
1: work really. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be about you know. I think this might be something that I that was hard for people, um, which ironically I think is very true to Wonder Woman. Like Wonder Woman to me has always been about that sort of like you know like someone. I read a complaint where someone was like basing this Wonder Woman movie on the Wishing Stone is so dumb and stupid and bad because of all these all these reasons, and I'm like, actually, that's a very normal. This is. Everyday Wonder Woman, as far as the comics are concerned, right? Like, you know, she is a Greek goddess who's constantly interacting with, like, Circe and Hades and Ares and, you know, whoever else or whatever. So, like, the idea that there's this, like, mystical ancient stone that's, like, granting monkeys' paws' wishes is absolutely pure, unfiltered Wonder Woman. As is, right? Like, you know,. Lassoing a fucking lightning bolt or whatever, um, but I think that you know, like that moment is um, is sort of uh, character transformative more than it is like anything anything else. It and it's just kind of like thematic, even if it is if it doesn't like make sense and is and is kind of stupid. So. In fact, I might say that's the last good moment in the movie. Everything after that is kind of where the movie goes downhill.
0: I, I might have bought it more if, like, we saw her, like, being able to, like, hover and just, like, not being able to get the hang of, like, actually directing herself or whatever, right? But, like, it kind of implies that, like, Steve telling her, like, you know, go with the wind is, like, what let her fly in all, like, you know, in, in kind of, like, totality, right? Like, which doesn't make sense. Like, like it's just like too much for me. Right. Like there's a lot of those moments, right? you know, it's like, you know, I can buy, right. Like one of the four things that happens with, the, with like the jet existing. Right. But I can't buy that, like the invisibility and that she has access to it and it's on the runway and it's maintained and it's, and it's fueled <laughs> and that he knows how to fly it instinctively. Right. Like, you know, like, and that's not like, you know, I'm sure I could even go further nitpicky. Right. Like, you know, but like the, like, those things are very obvious and all of them at once are just too much for me right like you know like like it's
1: it's I get that. I do. I had that same moment, but it just kind of washed away for me. Um, you know what it is? It's because they immediately follow it up with, like, the fireworks thing. And I just... I guess I just, like, like their dynamic and I sort of buy their relationship in a way. And so the specific... Because I, I remember having that thought. I was like, this is the last plane this dude flew was a biplane <laughs> at the turn of the century. And he's fucking... He, he uses the term jet. And it's like... Where, jets didn't exist until the 1950s. Where did you learn that, Steve? But, you know, like like I said, that just completely fell away from me um, when... Uh... This is also after he has, like, a whole thing where he marks
0: out over, like, aviation history, right? Like, he, mm. like, looks and sees a jet, and he's like, wow, right? Like, you know, and that's cool, right? I think that's a cool moment. And I will agree with you. I think their dynamic works relatively well. Like, the middle part of the movie, I forgot about kind of the weird body horror aspect Right. Like, you know, like, you know, theoretically, Chris Pine is putting uh, or, you know, Steve is putting whoever's body he has like snatched in like lethal danger by like, you know, climbing on top of a tank. <laughs> right. Like and like that didn't stick that like that was another French moment. Right. Like, you know, that was the thing I, I you know, you know, I was like in the middle, in the, in the moment, it's fine. It doesn't work when they're in his apartment for me. Right. Like that that, like it really sticks to me when. Like you know, presumably they go like back. Like the to
1: ethics his... of it. Like, yeah, I guess I guess it's the ethics of it. Like he's like... kind of a host- he's kind of holding this other guy hostage in his own body. Honestly, I never really even really considered that. I guess I would agree it's unethical, but I ultimately think who cares. So, so the
0: only thing that really bothers me about it is kind of the implication that like they banged, right? Like, like that. So, seems so like...
1: it's rape in a way because yes. Steve is like has a mind hostage. And is taking over this other guy's body. I guess I, I guess I get that. Yeah. I I guess I I don't even it, disagree with any of this. <laughs> I just did It's, it just it's, didn't it's only because they're like and like like I said in the middle of
0: the movie that kind of falls away from me. But it's only mm. because they are highlighting it in the moment, right? Like that's directly pre staged by like I don't know who this guy is, right? And then he's like him in the mirror, and then they do another scene, and they come back and they're waking up in bed, and then like they do a montage of his weird clothes, right? Like,
1: um. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess I the, part of it also is that I, the movie does come down against this, right? Like, right. Which, which is a moment I really loved and enjoyed quite a bit, and probably props up my opinion by, like, if I were assigning points by, like, 10 or 15 points alone. Which is that, like, Wonder Woman is not effortlessly good, and that she has a real kind of character arc where, where it comes to letting Steve go. Um, the thing that really got me is, um, is I thought back to sort of how Captain Marvel doesn't have an arc and is kind of just like, you know, uh, effortlessly good good at things and has, has no real challenge to overcome. And I was just mentally juxtaposing those two things in my head. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because they're both, you like... Female movies, or the Jets, or something. It was just like it was the closest comparison point, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually like really great." Like Wonder Woman has to accept that at the end of the day, this is something that she wants more than anything, but it it is wrong, and that she has to give it up because it's it's it is wrong, right? Um, so maybe that that kind of like helps with my with my philosophy on this stuff. Like, I can buy a world where. You know, she gets swept up in the fact that her great lost love has returned and isn't really thinking about, like, the greater implications. And then as it slowly settles in, she realizes that she has to let it go. Yeah, so
0: this is not a problem I have with Diane, right? Like, this is a problem I have with kind of, like the kind of like a voice of the movie right because like mm-hmm. she also like
1: she just doesn't let him go because it's like wrong for him to be like you know yeah it's not like they specifically cite i kind of raped you in a way they it is more generalized it's this cheater never prosper thing which yeah. comes back to you know in the very beginning of the movie with um with like the stadium scene or whatever yeah and you know, and again,
0: they, like like it's it's just kind of like an, an, un, an unintended consequence thing, right? Like there, there's like a couple of these, most none of them are as big as that, right? Like you know, um, uh, just uh, I guess I guess there's not anything else that's like super big for me. I, it just popped in my mind as like things that the movie is maybe not bad about, but weird about, right? Like Max Lord is. He's supposed to be Donald Trump, right? Like that's supposed to be like the, like like I'm not crazy for things. Oh, that you he's think so? Like the, I
1: don't actually think so. Okay, because he, he I think looks, this movie's relatively apolitical.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he looks kind of like it, right? Like he he looks like it, and then there's like the shot of him in front of like the the, the presidential seal, right? Like like his like the hair, I think, is the big thing, right? Like he like maybe I buy that he's just Gordon Gecko or whatever, but like. I think he looks a little bit too much like
1: him. Well, Especially I don't even like think he's Gordon Gecko either. I think he's uh who's that I well, wanted he's to say
0: businessman, right? Like
1: No, like it's specifically the Ponzi scheme thing that that like you know, Donald Trump is not a he's not like a Ponzi scheme guy. Who's the who's the Bernie Madoff? That's who I was thinking. I was okay. thinking I was like, "Oh, like this is Bernie Vadoff the supervillain." Which is also a little weird. Maxwell Lord is a character from the comics who has so, who, who is sort of like this and has a very specific interaction with Wonder Woman that I was like, are we setting up to that? But they didn't go for it. In in the comics, Maxwell Lord uh, funds the Justice League for a while, but then he decides super super villains are bad and. Um, And then he, like, gives... He has, like, mind control powers or something like that. And he, like, takes control of Superman's mind. And Wonder Woman is there. She puts him in the lasso of truth. And she's like, how do I break... Superman out of your control, and he's like, "You have to kill me." So she snaps his neck on live television, which was a huge deal. Um, and at first, I was like, "Why would they can't possibly be doing this in this movie?" Because one, that's the end of Man of Steel. <laughs> Two, th- Max, they're not even setting up anything about like his, his like. So it's it, it that was a weird thing for me, just because I was I was very confused as to his. Um... So succession from the comic book character right. right like it's sort of in name only which was which was weird but i just i i, I locked into that once i saw it i was like oh i get it he's using these wishes like a ponzi scheme guy is constantly asking for more investments you know to prop up the the right. business sort of thing um so I didn't really see, it like, a Donald Trump thing, or even anything really poli- – like, I, at first I was thinking, are they doing political shit with, like, this president guy? But, like, even that was very, like, basic and uninteresting. It's not like it was Ronald Reagan, right? It well, was – th- I
0: thought it was – it was definitely supposed to be Reagan. Like, it wasn't, like – like, like like it's just because it has to be Reagan, right? Like, it's the Cold War. He's, he says Star Wars, right? Like, you know, it's – like – I will agree with you that it's not like a specific indictment of Reagan or anything, right? Like it's not okay, about him yeah. being Reagan. I think it's supposed to be Reagan, um, and like maybe Maxwell Lord isn't supposed to be like Donald Trump incarnate, right? But I think he's definitely part of the Gestalt, right? Like he's got like, okay, he's got the hair. I think I think the look is too is too much the to look, especially when especially Donald Trump at that time period, and also him standing in front of the presidential seal
1: with, during the broadcast. I think is. Um, okay, I, I... I think I can maybe buy that. I guess it is supposed to be Ronald Reagan, but it's not the Ronald Reagan that I expect. I guess, like, sure. um, yeah, uh, it's because not he ops, isn't
0: Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great
1: example. Right? <laughs> or like, you know, when um, when they had Nixon in in the marvel comics and in uh, captain america quits like that was clearly nixon and a comment on nixon in the dark knight returns ronald reagan is telling superman to get involved in the cold war or whatever that's clearly ronald reagan yeah. right so i guess i was just sort of like oh well it's not an actor who speaks the way that reagan speaks clearly clearly it's not reagan but i guess i guess i sort of get that i don't know the Donald trump thing is um is interesting and sort of um yeah i mean it's it's you know i think
0: i think like th- I, don't, I don't know how much valence i want to put on it because like the ultimate lesson too is that like maxwell lord's ultimately a good person at his heart right like he cares about his son he's just kind of like a you know a, a dirtbag right like yeah Um, But he cares about his son above all else, right? Like, he's willing to give up everything that he... is. Like, he's basically one, but he's willing to give it all up to Mm -hmm. to save his son, right? So, I don't
1: know. Um, Which is another piece of whiplash that I had a very hard time with. So, one of the things that I liked a lot about Wonder Woman, the the, the original Wonder Woman... And if you remember, I think that was my, my movie of the year, that year. I think over The Last Jedi, which I would maybe change. I think now I would say The Last Jedi... But whatever the case may be, Um, that movie has a pretty bleak outlook on humanity, right? The point of that movie is that, like, Wonder Woman thinks that it is Ares manipulating, like, people or whatever and, like, seeding into their thoughts. And Ares is like, no, I just gave them the weapons. They did this to themselves. Like, humanity is, like, fucked up. And Wonder Woman has to come to the realization that, despite their flaws, people are still, like, worth saving, right? Which is, like inspirational in a way but it is also quite pessimistic and bleak about like the state of mankind and i also and i think that that you know i actually think that that tracks and is really interesting and kind of follows through on sort of like her uh you know her dynamic and her characterization um and everything so the fact that wonder woman 1984 just like hard flips that and it's like everybody's Good deep down, I I that that's part of where I really fell off on the ending. I was like, "Boy, it's <laughs> not the same, you know, kind see, of thematic endpoint of the movie." Uh, see, I was already so far gone by that point. I was like,
0: "Sure, why not?" Just because, like, you know, <laughs> I think that I think that whole last thing is terrible, right? Like, you know, yeah, you know, she knocks over the camera to stop him from broadcasting, and then he steps into a beam, which isn't a camera; it's just kind of like the thing that can broadcast. And there's wind for. No reason. Literally, like, literally no reason. And, like, somehow it's broadcasting. And also, this kind of mechanic of, like, it's particles and they
1: touch people, right? Like, it's like. <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, "Doesn't that technically mean that he is just touching everyone all the time?" I'm surrounded by air particles. Yeah, Those right. particles are touching other particles. I'm touching you, Mango. Right? Like, I was just like, I mean, I, I I was also pretty gone by that point. But like that, the movie also sort of like ruins this thematic, um, I don't know, bedrock foundation of uh, of what they had established in the first movie. It didn't really make it, it. It almost felt like a reboot cool I guess right where they were like hard rebooting the tone of this movie which you know fair enough man the the first Wonder Woman was pretty fucking bleak all things considered I get that you might want to lighten it up and I really enjoyed like the mall stuff or whatever like I actually thought that was pretty fun and pretty compelling and I'm on board for this like cute wink at the at the the kids in the audience. Fine, sure. All of these other DC movies haven't really been for kids, so I think it's fair for, you know, Shazam did it, Wonder Woman 1984 did it. I I don't care about that. That's 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 fine or whatever. But it does seem like um it does seem like it just I just I just kept waiting for for I don't know, things to to turn around and they didn't and it was just like yeah, Maxwell Lord's a good guy because he likes his son and I'm just like this is like Cersei, this is like Tywin saying that like Cersei's still a good person because she loves her kids or whatever like, you know Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's quite that bad because like, uh, maybe it is uh, like I don't, th- I don't think Maxwell Lord is that cruel or malicious yeah, obviously. Yeah. Maxwell Lord clearly believes that Hit that the Ponzi scheme is not a Ponzi scheme. Eventually, he will hit some sort of, you know, this is not right. a this is not a bottomless pit. He will hit a point when he breaks even, and it'll all work out, right? Like he earnestly yeah, believes yeah, that he, that's it, the it, case.
0: It's, it's not it's not a Ponzi scheme, and so because like he's hoping to like to actually fulfill the deal, right? Like exactly, he's he, he, like, yeah, he's not like trying like to rip people off, on, yeah. He's just trying to, like, fake it until he can make it, um, and then... But, like, making it on, like, ill-advised...
1: I do also want to say that I think Pedro Pascal was actually pretty great in this movie. (laughs) And even though it is weird and I don't like the way it ends, I actually do like his... both his performance and sort of, like, what they did with, um... Just, like, with Maxwell Lord as a basic like, character archetype. I... I... uh, it it like it, it lost me in the end, but I was more than willing to go along with this ride. I thought he was manic, and I liked that energy. And I also didn't see maybe Pedro Pascal is just like a very good actor, but I didn't really like see him in it. It didn't feel like stunt casting in the way that other sorts of villains have, right? Yeah. Like you know, I mean, obviously I love Killmonger, and I think Killmonger is great, but you can clearly tell like that's kind of like Michael B. Jordan playing himself playing Killmonger, right? right Whereas right. this was not that, right? In the same sort of sense that, by the way, I think Jesse Eisenberg. Does it is Lex Luthor, though it doesn't work as well in that, in my opinion, um, which you know, I, I was very on board for. A lot of people gave that him a lot of shit for that, which I think was incorrect. You know, d- Eisenberg? No, I'm sorry, uh, Pedro Pascal. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, something I found out today um, is that there was a 2011 Wonder Woman movie, and Pedro Pascal was in that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, oh my it's... god, the
1: animated movie. I've seen that movie. Um, I, don't think, I don't think it was animated.
0: Let me let me let me double check Wait. this because I I was I was looking up Wonder Woman right like, uh. So I mean if you put in IMDb like, so if you put Wonder Woman into IMDb, um, eighty four and two thousand seventeen have big kind of like pop outs. So I didn't I skipped twenty
1: seventeen. I was like two thousand eleven. Pedro Pascal. Um, oh my God! And, it's the TV show. I remember this. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah wow! Yeah. You're right.
0: Um, wow. Okay, it is a movie that, or it's a TV movie. It's not a TV series. It's forty-five minutes long with Adrian Palaki. As... Yeah, I
1: remember this. This was a. Uh, it was a pilot from uh, David E. Kelly, who's like a very famous showrunner. He did like Boston uh, okay. Legal. Uh, he did a bunch of these w- w- weird. Ali McBeal is the big one that everybody remembers. Um, and uh, and it was a v- and it was a very hyped pilot actually. Um. But it, they didn't get picked up for a series for, you know, who knows what reason. Yeah.
0: It's got 4.3 on IMDb, so maybe that's the reason. Uh, <laughs> you know? but Yeah. yeah no, I, I was like, I was like, like you know, I put Wonder Woman in and I see Pedro Pascal. I'm like, this is it? And it's like, no, that's 2000. I don't know, whatever. Um, I just thought it was funny. Um, what else? What else can we talk about with this movie? Um, so, I will say, and I don't think that this... I don't think this should really matter mm-hmm. but I do think it takes balls to have a Middle Eastern character say you know I want to I want to be able to like keep the infidels out of the land in a movie with an IDF member as the as the main star right like
1: Yeah that was a weird thing and I don't understand the politics behind all of this cuz I guess I knew that Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot was Israeli, but I have I, I didn't know. I mean, I guess if you're Israeli, you have to serve in the IDF, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, okay. two, it's two
0: years mandatory compulsory service. I, <sighs> I don't
1: years. know. People yeah, people I, I, were real mad about that on Twitter, and I was like, I am not going to look into this. <laughs> yeah, so, like, again,
0: I don't think it really should. Like, it's one of those things that like, kind of like, drawn back. Like, it really shouldn't matter, right? Like, you know, mm. but like
1: it's also kind of a thing that you can anticipate people getting mad about, right? Like, you see the, 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 I, I came at that from such a different angle. The interesting thing about that interaction for me is that Bialya is a very famous, like it's, it is sort of like just the middle Eastern country that the DC comics create so that they can set stuff in the middle East and do middle Eastern stuff without ever like touching like Iraq Or, you know, like, I ran, right? You know? Um, Which I I really love and I really enjoy. Um, So there's Bialya and then there's also Karak, which is, um, which are these, like, these two kingdoms in the Middle East and they, like, don't like each other. But the interesting thing here, which is what I thought they were setting up, but then I was like... Then they undo it at the end. The interesting thing here is that Kurak is so it's kind of like the, the the Nile and the Suez Canal. It's sort of like canonically there in theoretical DC Comics. Egypt doesn't own that part, right? And Kurak is like the ancient kingdom of ancient Egypt, which is ruled by Black Adam, who is like the, the the Shazam villain, right? right. Because Black Adam was—he was like sealed in a tomb for however long. You know, he was the original wielder of Shazam's powers, but he was a bad—he was a bad guy. So Shazam locked him up, kept him, kept him away, or whatever. Actually, it might not have been a tomb; it might have been like a necklace or something like that. But then Billy Batson like frees him, and so Black Adam is now in—in in, you know, like the real world. And as part of his comic book stuff, he goes to Egypt and is like, "I am Teth Adam. I am." An ancient leader of Kurak, you should give me and I'm also Black Adam, I also basically am Superman and have Superman powers. You should give me control of the, the country. And they do, right? And um and then and then like and Bialia and like Kurak are like at war or whatever. Um uh Bialia is like constantly trying to remove Black Adam and take over Kurak, and there's all this political intrigue and stuff and there's a Black Adam movie coming out starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Like the most famous movie star mm-hmm. of our age. And I was like, oh, they're setting this shit up, right? They are establishing here that like whatever this dumb wish bullshit is is where Bialy and Karak come from, and obviously Black Adam is going to kind of come out of that, you know, like come out of that development. Uh, and then they undid it all, and I was just like, what? well, they didn't—they
0: didn't quite undo it, right? Because they like, they like the the walls like crumbled, right? So like. Mm-hmm. I bet you there's like, and you know, maybe it'll depend on how well this movie does. I bet mm-hmm. you there's a world where in the beginning of the Black Adam movie, it's like flashes back to 1984, like the the wall crumbling down is what frees him or something,
1: right? Yeah. Like, um, probably. Yeah, when, and they also they don't just... mention Kurok, which is weird. Because the important one there is Kurok. It's not Bialya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bialya is there to be kind of like this antagonistic force. Um, Black Adam eventually commits genocide in. in in Bialya which is a little rough um, because they assassinate his uh, they assassinate his wife and kid so he goes on a little rampage a little genocidal rampage in the comics but like i don't know so i i, I don't know maybe they maybe they're trying to like set this stuff up uh, yeah, i mean you could also you just know? like
0: you know ignore you know be like eh, it's bialya this time or it's just egypt this time right like you mm. know you know it's that's definitely deviation i don't think it's a, a huge deal um, but yeah, I have,
1: I have seen people talking about how that's kind of like Islamophobic and um, I don't really have a, I don't really have a, a complex take there. Yeah, I, just I, don't, like... I don't
0: think it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily Islamophobic, I just think it's like a weird intersection of like real world politics and, yeah. um, uh, but uh, uh, like the, the so to, to shift the conversation a little bit, that was also a moment that I, didn't like so like the the wish to like separate the you know just to, to, to separate the kingdom or whatever something i didn't quite like because it's the first time that like something like truly ridiculous happens right like a, a, you know they say a miracle happens right up until this point it's all been kind of like they they've actually taken some pains to be like you know it's not crazy stuff that happens it's like coincidences right like you know like things that you can theoretically explain away right like you know uh Somebody happens to show up, right? Or like the IRS happens to be busting his his investor for tax fraud, or you know.
1: That you know, is somebody- another. That is another. By the way, uh, DC Comics like. Easter egg. Simon Stagg is the is a character in the Metamorpho comics. And I'm pr- it, like, do you know who Metamorpho is? No. He's like a weird guy that's like part of his body is like purple, part of it is like orange or whatever. If you looked him up, you might recognize him because he shows up here and there. But his thing is that he can tr- he can like transform himself into like any element, so he can like turn into water, or turn into poof into gas or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, are they setting up Metamorpho in this? And I think maybe the body that Steve Trevor goes into is Rex Mason who is Simon Stag who is the like Simon Sag is the guy that turns Rex Mason into Metamorpho and he's also a shithead like Simon Sag is, is a bad guy clearly um it's kind of like Justin Hammer as like evil businessman in a way mm-hmm. um but I don't know, they never really, they never really went went there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you because uh I was also more or less on board with things and then that moment cropped up and I was like What? Hmm? Like this is the moment where I was like There is no way this is in continuity with Batman vs Superman anymore, right? Like we yeah. have lost the thread. I can I could accept any other Aquaman, right? <laughs> like there is this on fucking society or whatever. Listen, listen, I can believe that that shit is underground for long enough or whatever. Nobody knows that Atlantis is there. Fine. I can buy that. But you can't tell me That Superman, like, just comes about in 2013, right? And everyone is like, the world is introduced to the Superman. And also there are wish-granting walls being thrown up in, you know... Which is why I thought at the end they were going to do a forget thing. That that was what I was thinking they were going to happen, right? Everybody's going to renounce the spells. And then, like, one final wish was going to be carried by Diana. And she's going to be like, I wish that everyone forgot this. Or whatever. And it was like... She is left with some, I, I was pretty sure that's where it was going in the last 10 minutes. I was like, oh, she's going to be left with the final wish, and she's going to carry some bad thing because of it, right? Some curse to that rift, like where she wishes to, for everyone to forget, but that means that like, oh, now Barbara is back to normal, and they're not friends anymore, and she's sad about it. You know, just something small like that, right? Yeah, so yeah. that we could, we could be like, it's fine. Nobody remembers. It's still in continuity, right? But uh they didn't do that. Everyone remembers the day the fucking world went nuts. So
0: and not, all, and not all, like you know, this is really nitpicky, but it's also a thing that I couldn't help but think of. But it's like the wish gets uh the wishes all get rescinded and it's not like you know the nukes that are flying, it's not like they flip out of existence, they like self destruct, right? Mm-hmm. Like like uh, like just like little things like are just like what why, like, this, like, it doesn't make enough internal sense for me to, like, be able to, to, to power through. I know that's, like, small. I know that, like, you know, it's, like, you know, a, a, a straw, like, it's, it's not the straw that breaks the camel's back because there's a lot, of, but, it, you know, there's enough straws that, like, I can't, like, I
1: could ignore one of them, but I can't, I can't ignore all of them, uh, and it's, uh, uh, Yeah, I get that. It's because, for me, it's because they only popped up at the end you know like it it kind of created this critical mass rolling into the end so i can just say well the ending sucked but i liked everything else kind of thing uh, but i definitely i definitely agree with you that there is uh there's quite a lot of bullshit in here i do i do really kind of hate um one of the things that's interesting about the cheetah is that there are two versions of the cheetah and one of them doesn't become essentially a furry right um she is just... She's like Catwoman, right? Like, that's just, like, her her name or whatever. And I was actually hoping that was the version they were going to go with and that we would not get the furry version. Um, and I think that would have been much better because the furry version really sucked. And also, like, like I said, I, I didn't... It just felt like their... It was kind of like the Black... Black Manta moment. Like Black Manta falls away in the middle of Aquaman, right? Like he is there as the sort of secondary antagonist and he has this huge big fight scene with Aquaman in the middle, but then Aquaman, you know, hits him, he throws those balls at him. He Aquaman throws his balls at Black Manta. <laughs> and black manta falls to presumably his death but you find on the pro- post credit scene it's not sort of thing right um, and for the whole back half of the movie aquaman is just do he's doing trench stuff he fights orm right it is it is entirely focused on that i think that's what should have happened with cheetah where like her big interaction was in the middle of the movie where she could really kind of like stick it to diana and diana's like fighting this person that she she has a connection with she's been lonely and she's been uh, kind of like disconnected from people and now she has a friend and Steve is back in her life but like those things are those things are actually like weighing on her and Bad because Minerva is like bad, and I just kind of wish that that's where it ended. Where Wonder Woman has to beat the shit out of her friends, and she feels like a shithead about it. And then she shows up at the end, and it's like, well, your dramatic, you're like your dramatic potential has kind of fallen away, and you're just here so that I guess she can punch someone in the Golden Eagle suit because you can't really do that with Maxwell Lord. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Also,
0: not, not great. I want to be a post-Apex Predator and you turn into a cat lady. Which is, like, again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. I the, the thing that I find weird about that is, like, I am really interested if, like, is that the... Maybe it's just, like, the expected version of Cheetah that we will like were expecting to see because like that you know like that character is in the comics it's just that there are two of them one of them is is a furry the other one isn't right um i'm using the term furry in, in a way that i obviously should not be <laughs> um
0: is are they like two distinct characters it's like the yeah they're the... two
1: distinct characters and barbara minerva by the way is the one that actually does turn into a cheetah so okay. but um you know so for instance maybe, maybe i can just find this real quick uh see i i don't know anything about the uh about the dc
0: universe but when i heard minerva i assumed she was gonna be like another greek thing right like another like uh version of like a greek problem instead of like a cat lady which was i don't know maybe, maybe that's just me like criticizing dc writers from 40 years ago 50 how old is, is this character is like 80 years ago yeah, Hold them I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the other, so the other uh, cheetah is called Priscilla Rich. I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop this in the chat in case we have any. In case we have any viewers, and she just wears this like cheetah suit, but she is clearly a woman wearing a cheetah suit. Do you know what I mean? Um... And so that's oh, I what think. I was expecting to see. I was expecting to see her, though. I guess I, I. don't think. I don't think I remembered. I don't think I remembered which one was which. To be honest. Um, uh but i was I was not expecting her to turn into the the cat person version yeah. uh fan
0: uh Elluria in the chat is informing me that uh Minerva is just thematic uh it's just a thematic name it's not a yeah well yeah.
1: <laughs> it's bad writing only yeah. too true <laughs> yeah. uh, is this like is this like a bondage era Wonder Woman uh villain <laughs> I mean, kind of, I guess, you know, uh, the, the image that I'm pulling that from is from justice, which is a, uh, which is an Alex Ross comic book. Um, Alex Ross is very famous. He's like a painter, but he like paints like superhero comics. So for instance, if you remember the justice league posters that were just like the heroes on black, that is a reference to Alex Ross who did like these very famous portraits, um, um, Anyway, he did a he did a comic book miniseries called Justice, which is very like classic throwback to the like original Justice League, um and uh and like the Injustice League were all getting together and doing like bad guy stuff or whatever, but I don't know. It just felt it just felt like the uh it just felt like the way that the the way that it was going and the way that the character was going and uh, I guess her turning into a cat at the end was sort of unmotivated. I would I would argue. Okay. Uh, I'm I, also I... a little sad they didn't use the version the Justice version of Cheetah is really neat because she laces her her uh, claws with this poison that is turning Wonder Woman to stone, kind of like Medusa or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess, I, I think technically in the comic, so, the real origin for Wonder Woman is she is a clay baby who gets wished to life by Hippolyta, right? Hippolyta goes, I want I want a kid. She makes a little baby out of clay and she does this wish and then the baby is real. Whereas the movie version of Wonder Woman is like, Hippolyta and Zeus fucked. <laughs> That's the first shit.
0: We're also get, we're getting some more real time fact checking uh, from from malaria. Uh Minerva is not
1: from the Bondage Era. It's from uh, <laughs> from the eighties. Um, thank you. What, thank speaking you. of the eighties, what did you think of like the eighties stuff? This is something that I also think was kind of fair. It's like, why was this movie set in the eighties? Like, I oh, didn't or, really get anything from being was, set in the eighties.
0: It was entirely shallow, right? Like it was. Okay. It, yeah. Like like it was. I mean like it's entirely like weird like you know like look at the 80s fashion and how funny that was and also like i guess i guess to really drive the stakes up they wanted to have like the cold war threat happening which i guess that's like the 80s is the right place to put it for that right for like um the you know the 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 US American cold war conflict but ultimately like the nukes were kind of a throwaway anyway. You could have manufactured
1: some other consequence, right? Like... Yeah, th- this reminds me of the original Assassin's Creed. Do you remember? So at the end of the original Assassin's Creed, everybody thought Assassin's Creed 2 was going to be set in the real world, right? Because, like, you had the parallel stories right. of Altair... In the Crusades, right? But then you were also doing all this stuff with, like, Desmond or whatever in, like, the modern era. And then they announced Assassin's Creed 2, which was, like, in the Renaissance. And we still have basically never gotten a real modern era Assassin's Creed game, there's always some reason to go back into sort of this historical whatever. And at this point, that is kind of the Assassin's Creed brand. But I remember that specific interaction between Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 where people felt really bamboozled by it. And I have that feeling about this where I felt like... I, at the end of Wonder Woman 2017, right? It was sort of promised this version of Wonder Woman which was, okay, you know, she she's remembering her past, but she's, she's out... And she you know, she helped with Doomsday, she's on the Justice League now, right? She's gonna do big big name, big hero shit now. Finally, right? Um and and then to then have Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four be a like midquel between that moment and the moment we were sort of promised at the end of twenty seventeen Wonder Woman, I felt was just like I mean, bamboozled is a really great word for it. I just felt very, like, bamboozled by that. And I really wish that the movie just was not in 1984. It was just in any other, you know... It was in the modern era. It's where it, where it should have been, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, all you were saying, I, I just I just realized, right, that,
0: like, putting in 1984 puts it about at the same time as Watchmen, right? Because Watchmen's,
1: like, Cold War era, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, Cold, like... Watchmen is 1986. Yeah. So... <laughs>
0: I don't know if there's anything deeper to that. It's just like you know, like that. Is, that's interesting, you yeah. Because like, you know, you're talking about like we're talking about like there's a world where there was almost a nuclear apocalypse because of like a weird, you know, like and it must not be in continuity. And that's like the whole point of like the Watchmen TV series you talked about last year, right? Because it was mm-hmm. a world where like you know like nuclear, you know, nuclear disaster was was, was averted by, uh, by you know the the Adrian. Uh, it's, it's it's not a lot to examine there, I don't think. But like it's.
1: Uh, yeah, this is also why I thought it was weird that Wonder Woman started getting so big or Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four started getting so big. I think if they if if things had just kept been if they had been small or contained, or we talk about like the witch thing at the end that I kinda brought up, right? Um those would have been sort of viable options. Uh but just like I don't know, it just got it just got like way too way too big for its britches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um anyway do you have any do you have any closing thoughts do you have any final thoughts on wonder woman
0: 1984 uh uh, yeah well (laughs) it's 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 not the worst thing in the world but like i think i would have been less aggravated by it if i had watched it while doing world quests instead of sitting down to watch it so oh, you know. you know
1: what? Fair enough. That might have helped me quite a bit as I was I was watching it while I was doing like dumb bullshit WoW stuff on my other screen. You know what's funny? This movie actually gave me a, a bit of appreciation for Birds of Prey. I remember thinking, maybe, maybe like 75 minutes into the movie, Nah, a little bit later than that because it was pretty long, maybe two hours into the movie, I was like, boy. Birds of Prey was actually pretty good, like, in terms of being very, like, small-scale. I kind of appreciate that it's just, you know, it's just a a small crime story in Gotham. There's this one guy, Black Mask, who's a bad guy, and they kill him at the end. You know, it doesn't get big, it doesn't get huge, this fate of the world is not Mm. at stake. It's just kind of one, one guy who's a shithead, um... And I really appreciated that in like retrospect, because because Wonder Woman got so got so fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I can I can co-sign, you know. Therefore, Birds of Prey is good, but uh, <laughs> I you know, I'm not sure yeah. that I'm I'm saying therefore Birds of Prey. It just made me remember Birds of Prey fondly for kind of keeping it you know keeping it down to earth mm-hmm. comparatively. Uh, do you what what do you which one do you think is better, 1984 Birds of Prey? I liked Birds of Prey better than you did, I think. I think 84 is probably
0: better, but that's because I think there were, like, more fundamental problems with Birds of Prey. I also don't remember it very well, so... Yeah, I
1: also don't Superman. It feels like this was eons ago. That was in 2020 manga. We watched that in a movie theater. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> and it wasn't even called, it wasn't even called, like, Birds of Prey then. Oh, right? you're right, like, it, was it was called like, that stupid Harley, like, that stupid Harley Quinn Like, the fabulous adventures of Harley Quinn and her Birds yeah, of Prey. Yeah, I do also think Birds of Prey had more fundamental problems. Uh, So I probably agree that it's worse. Okay. Though I think I might, I, I I remember it fondly now. I This is one of the things about Wonder Woman that's tough, is, um... You know, like The Dark Knight Rises? I actually like The Dark Knight Rises and I think The Dark Knight Rises is a pretty good movie. But the things I remember about The Dark Knight Rises are all of the problems. You yeah. know what I mean? I I don't remember the good the good parts or the fun parts or the clever parts or the interesting parts. I always remember the shit that bothered me. So I think about it as it being worse than it is and I think that's probably what I'll end up thinking about when it comes to Wonder Woman 1984. I, I think I think there's I think there's actually a... Uh, an even better kind of tie there which
0: is like it's a disappointing sequel right yeah. like you know it is I mean I think I think Wonder Woman 1984 is like kind of bad on its own but I think I think your point I think Dark Knight Rises is, is not so bad on its own it's just like that much worse than The Dark Knight mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that makes it worse and I, I think you know I think 1984 Wonder, the movie we just watched is is kind of bad on its own but it's made worse by being follow up to like maybe the best DCEU movie um, at least, in my opinion, I know you like a lot of them.
1: But... Uh, well, I, you know, I would have said it was the best CCEU movie, but it's been a couple of years. Do I think Aquaman is better? I mean, I definitely like Aquaman better, but mm. no, I don't think Aquaman is better. I don't think Shazam is better. I definitely don't think Birds of Prey is better. It's probably still the best CCE movie.
0: Yeah, I was expecting you to come out and be like, you know, Man of Steel best D C movie, first one's
1: best one. No, I mean, I listen. I love Man of Steel, and I and I find Man of Steel more watchable. I like Man of Steel more. All of that, um, but uh, but I really think Wonder Woman 2017 is. It's just it's a really good movie. Right? If they are both good movies, just one is you like one is better, I guess. Oh, I think part of it though is you know, people people have remembered Wonder Woman twenty seventeen poorly, but the things that I watch people talk about when they talk about that movie are things that I vehemently disagree with. Like, people really hate the ending and I'm like, I love that ending. I love that it got like I want it to get big there, right? Where it is two gods fighting and people are like, No, I just I just wanted to do small stuff. This thing with the sword, like that's lame. I'm like, no, that's cool. Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really liked 2017
0: too. Uh, I mean, I think the mustache is a little funny, but like, you know, that's that's like a costuming choice more than anything else. <laughs> um, um, that's so. This is like entirely like, like you know, just kind of like this is like an industry meta thing, but like. It's like Wonder Woman 2017, and we have to call it Wonder Woman 2017 because there's a bunch of movies that are called Wonder Woman, but this movie's Wonder Woman 1984, but it's not, it didn't happen in 1984. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. not, it's not
1: Wonder Woman 1917, yeah, look, which is but, theoretically when it takes place.
0: Yeah, but like. But, like, there's a Wonder Woman 1977, right? So, like, if you're, like, just talking to some kid, right? Like, it's like, Wonder Woman 1977 versus Wonder Woman 2017 and Wonder Woman 1984.
1: It's like, wait, that one didn't come in the – no. Wonder Woman 1984 came out in 2020. Like... Wonder Woman 2011 is a TV pilot. A, yeah. <laughs> and then there's also the Wonder Woman animated movie whenever that came out. Yeah. Um, man, that's funny. Yeah, the one of the interesting things about – is about Wonder Woman 1984 that I liked a lot is this idea that Diana's very lonely because she is, she's, like, immortal. Um, In fact, I was really hoping that they were going to do more with that. Um, I kind of felt like her friendship with Barbara, which was, like, good, and and I bought it and everything, I really wanted there to be, like, a line or something where she was like, you're my first friend since, like, Etta Candy died. Or whatever, because she is immortal. She will outlive everyone, and and that's like very typical plight in in like comic book fair or whatever, right? right? Thor talks about this or, or whoever else. Um, but it's just like you know, it really f- I, I felt like it 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 deserved a bit of a spotlight here, and it definitely got one. But um, I was really I was really missing that line of just like man, like Diana's life is just big sad. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's Wonder Woman. Right. That's, that's Wonder Woman 1984. Not Wonder Woman 2017. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So uh, how was your week? And, and I think we've got a couple of like extracurricular topics. Right. So maybe we want to uh, be a little quick on this. You, you told me to remind you to talk to me
1: about Mario Brothers and Dark Souls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a friend do, of mine... Do we want to do weeks before we get into this? Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, my week was, uh, listen, I'm just, I'm just, like, binging the shit out of World of Warcraft. What do you want from me? Uh, I have done, I have done, uh, the, in- the interesting thing that I've been doing recently is really getting invested into the economics of WoW again, where I am, like, really hounding the auction house, um... Which I did to get the Brutosaur, right? I, I got the Brutosaur over the course of Battle for Azeroth. But there, I wasn't really, like, working too hard on the auction house. I was just doing stuff and selling it a lot. Like, I was just selling everything at, in ways that I, f- I found really, like, powerful and useful, right? Um, So I was just spending a lot of time farming herbs and making flasks and putting flasks on the auction house for a thousand gold each, or whatever, you know, like, or whatever it was. You do that over two years, it's not that hard to make five million gold. Um, but the interesting thing here is the, the way that legendaries are crafted items that you have to, like, buy off of the auction house, right? Um, and something that I realized pretty quickly, so the, the, the way the legendaries work is they start at item level 190, and they go up to, to 10, um... 225, and 235. They max out at eye level 235 for a rank 4 legendary, right? Um, But in order to get that as a crafter, right, you need to make 15 rank 1 shoulders to make rank 2 shoulders. Then you need to make, essentially... 15 rank 2 shoulders to make rank 3 shoulders, and then 15 rank 3 shoulders to make rank 4 shoulders sort of thing. So, And, and each of those take a lot of materials, a lot of very high-end materials, um, as well as just being naturally expensive because of, like, reagents, right? Like, it costs about 10,000 gold flat just to make most legendary items in terms of just, you know... Vendor materials and all this other sort of stuff, and I realized that those bottom level, those bottom level pieces, those 190 pieces, were going for so little. They were going for just like tiny amounts that I was losing maybe 10,000 gold every time I crafted one, because like the materials were just worth so much more than the finished the finished product. Um, but then I started crunching the numbers and doing the math, and uh, and I realized that well, actually, once I get into the 210 version here. I can make a 20 gold profit. So all I got to do is get past that like 190 period and into the 210 period. And so now I'm just doing like a lot of like auction house, like flipping and buying mats and turning these, these things out to try and keep myself uh, solvent. And I'm down 500,000 gold for it, which kind of sucks, but hopefully this will pay off in the end. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I don't know. What, what about your week? What, what have you been up to?
0: I've also been playing well. Uh, engineers don't get any fun legendary stuff, so <laughs> but you get a, a, a nice 15-minute uh, uh, cooldown teleportation to anywhere, so that's nice. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like the um, the wormhole generator is on a 15-minute cooldown, and you can go to any – like it's a specific spot in any of the f- five areas. Uh, maybe it's six areas because you get Oribos, you get the four zones, and you get the Maw. Um and I haven't had a malfunction yet, so I don't think there's any, like, real malfunction,
1: so. You know what's funny? The, have you done the, the other side, the dungeon? Yeah, yeah. You know there's the part that the engineers can shut off things? We don't have yeah. any engineers, and we always ask. We're, like, running Mythic Plus. Like, yesterday we were doing high-level keys, and uh, and I mean, we were just do, like, hey. the it's... engineers shut off? So there's the part where the slimes are going. You have yeah. to frogger. You, there's a little terminal that an engineer can walk up to and interact with, and it'll turn that off. And you just walk through. Uh, And also, I think there's another one for the the goop at the end. You know, where you kind of, like, you walk up onto a platform, you drop down, and there's, like, goop that will push you and you'll die. Um, I also think engineers can uh, manipulate that to turn that off. Uh, Which I've never seen, because none of us are fucking engineers.
0: (laughs) What's funny, too, is that I'm also Ardenwield, which is the... Also, the, the you can like ex- oh yeah the urns mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah, um, those urns are really important in Mythic Plus because um, you know you use them to like you do you do big pulls right you big pulls pull everything into the urn set the urn off and then kind of like nuke everybody down. Yeah, so so kind of in that vein actually, I, I found that like I've I've done a
0: little bit of Mythic Plus. I've done like two or three of them at this point, um, but I'm like really enjoying some of like the the gameplay differences I'm getting out of my um my slots in my what's the companion thing called soulbind soul uh, yeah soulbind right like cause the, the like,
1: conduits yeah
0: yeah the conduits because um my Zuin gets the cooldown keeps coming going down um on uh whenever i spend chi and so like I'm, i've got Zuin up all the time and i also a legendary music right now is is uh touch of death is uh every 60 seconds and that's because they don't have like a like a, apparently the invoker's delight is the best one or whatever, and I just don't Is that the one where
1: you get, like... I, I think I think Linley, friend of the cast, Linley made made that one. It's the one where, like, you get bloodlust. You get 30% haste, 33% haste when Zuin is I think
0: is it's
1: up. 33% versatility when you pop Zuin. Okay. It's, uh,
0: yeah, it's, something, it's, it's, it's one of those, right? Like, it's... You might be right, it's haste. I think it's haste. It's just,
1: like, a big, giant buff, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, ac- according to Icy Veins, the good ones are that, and then the Emperor's, um... For single target, there's one that, like, makes your jade lightning worth ever casting um and you just like apparently do crazy single target damage with that but i like touch of death a lot and you can like spam it like you know it literally cuts the the, the cooldown to a third uh mm-hmm. so you know it's i i don't i find that super fun um especially because like it's actually the secret is it's like you know more valuable on the trash than it is on the uh on the boss because like on the Yeah,
1: I mean, that kind of thing is pretty common, uh, where, like, different legendaries have different amount of value Mm. based on what content you're doing. Um, I actually... So, the other day, somebody posted in a thread, they were like, I want to go Arms Warrior... But, and the meta thing to do as Arms Warrior is to go Venthyr, but I want to go Necrolords. What do people think about that? And I wrote that guy maybe 3,000 words in a Reddit reply, just really going in deep about, like, the specifics of this. Um, but part of it is that, like, you know, the different the different things have different value. Like, the thing you get out of Venthyr as an Arms Warrior is um, is very single-target focused, because it replaces your Execute, and you can use the Execute on the top 20% um so you are executing at the beginning of a fight and at the end of a fight, right? But that actually doesn't really matter all that much in, like, Mythic Plus. Like, it matters on the bosses, and it might matter on, like, the, you know, sometimes there are pulls that are just two big guys and so you can cleave them sort of thing. Um, but for the most part, a lot of what you're doing in Mythic Plus is just using Whirlwind, right? Um, and so there's there's a lot of those kinds of decisions that I think are really neat and really interesting about the expansion. Like, right now, because it is a fortified mythic plus week where the trash is better i'm a very aoe focused build compared to um like a raid build which is very like single target uh focused yeah no and and like not only
0: is that flexibility there right like you can slot in different things to kind of which i think is super fun but like Mm -hmm. i even like so i'm using i'm using the second soul bind which just primarily because it has a um uh it, it gets two offensive slots earlier. Um, but it's the base power is, like, you cocoon um, if you die once. like mm-hmm. every is. But, like, that works in PvP, and it's, like, fantastic in PvP. Because if, like, someone's distracted for, like, half a minute, you, like, get back up and you, like, kick their ass. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: uh, the funny thing is, is that that one is also valued very high. Everybody t- says you're supposed to go that one. Um, because the, the proposition that you die, but you're in the pod and you'll come back in ten seconds or whatever... People read that as, oh, you auto res in 10 seconds. But the truth is that it doesn't work that way all that often. A lot of the time, I, I'm with people who are Night Fae who have that pod ability. And they go into the pod, but, like, the pod is on, like, fire or whatever. And they just die in the fire. I also think which I find a, pretty
0: funny. I also think it's a little buggy. I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but it seems like there's like there's just, like, a little bit of inconsistency there. that I I'm not quite sure what's, what's happening. Um, but, yeah. Um, but it is... I think it's in the PvP situation specifically. I think it's better than the like uh, kind of like there's like a, I think it's like a there's there's some bonus to like your faline stomp that I just don't think is like faline stomp is not a great PvP ability, frankly, mm. Um, just because like you can't really st- I mean it's it's fine because it's damage but like you can't stand on it which is what you can do to like really get. No, I you know. I
1: completely understand that the war banner is basically the worst P V thing in PvP because you plant the war banner and they go oh. Let me stand ten yards that way. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, like, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: but yeah. Um, the other game I've been playing is uh on my, it's over there, so I can't I can't show you. But I, I have the quest, and I've been playing uh Fit v, Fit XR Fit V Fit X VR. It's, it's, it's a VR boxing program. There's also like so. There's two modes. There's a dancing mode and a boxing mode. And the dancing mode, I can't get into for whatever. Like it, it's like you're supposed to like dance along with the the the, uh, the instructor, but like it doesn't like it. They're like big sweeping motions, and it just doesn't like doesn't click for me. But the boxing clicks really well for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so like I really like. Um, i had forgotten. I've forgotten to talk about this before because you know it's, it's for me. It's like an exercise program almost, right? Like it's it's it's, a, it's a primary use. But um, it's a rhythm action game. It's a lot of fun like so whereas um, previously I used to like when I was in high school I would play DDR as exercise right um, and you can't really like that's a workout because you have to move your feet a certain amount mm-hmm. the uh, Oculus tracks your hands um, and like um, and you're uh, with Beat Saber which is a very fun game um, you're kind of doing slashing motions but it's very easy to kind of like move your hands very minimally and not like get a lot of work in the thing that's cool about the boxing game is it, like, does, like, some approximation of how hard you're punching, and you have to pr- punch a certain amount of hardness to, like, actually, like, make the, the hit count, and you also get more points if you punch it harder, so it's, like, this, like, great loop of, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna, like, beat the shit out of, like, the air to, to, to get my points <laughs> up, um, and, like, you know, the music's nothing crazy, right, it's, like, nothing, like, nothing you'd probably recognize, but it's fun enough, right, like, you do it in, like,
1: 15, 30-minute bursts, and it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, that is very cool, um, yeah. VR VR uh, had like a kerfuffle. Somebody somebody wrote a somebody like wrote an op-ed that was like, "Why is nobody talking about Half-Life Alex? Half-Life Alex is so good." And then like someone quote tweeted that with like, uh, "VR headsets are expensive as fuck, you piece of shit," <laughs> and it got like dunked on gaming Twitter, you know, three or four days ago, which I thought was pretty funny, because um, you know like I, you know I know a lot of devs. Uh, and there's sort of a there's like two camps there's like VR is the future I'm so excited by VR camp and then there's like nobody fucking plays VR VR is a waste of time camp yeah uh, I, I think I think you know so fault it
0: and I think it's a serious fault that the that the Oculus stuff requires you to have a Facebook account it's tied to your Facebook but like that's subsidizing right like the Quest my I have the cheaper version of the Quest it was $300 which isn't nothing but like it's a standalone unit you could buy it instead of a console if you really wanted to play VR instead, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's not—that is, it's—it's it's not out of the question essentially, right? Like that's like starting to get into the uh, you know the the, what's the level? Um, like kind of like the you know, um, the like, reachable enthusiast level, right? Like whereas before it was like kind of only like top tier enthusiast, um, uh, whereas now it's. It's, it's reachable although I will say that there are some flaws right like so bunny hopped did a review of the um of the 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 steam or the the valve the valve index mm-hmm. um and he was talking about how like oh it's got this nice head clamp and I can tell you I don't have the pro head clamp um I'm actually ordering a third party one because that doesn't stay on your head well enough uh, without without the uh the pro head cl- the, the pro head clamp it, it uh it, it kind of like falls off your head almost um and he also talks about how like the index hand guards like they have a thing that like traps it to your hand so you can just kind of like let it hang whereas these just have wrist guards um i'm buying an after american pair of those which are like like 12 bucks that's not the end of the world but like those little like those little things i think everything's kind of building up like i had previously thought that this generation like the oculus quest 2 is going to be like the big generation i this one will i think like get it rolling and i think the next one might be the bigger generation just because like I think the promise is there, right? Like it's an incredible piece of technology to fool around with. Um, it's a lot of fun, um, but I, I think the price is i think the price is about right. I don't think the fidelity is quite there yet, right? Like, I think three hundred dollars for a headset is, is, is definitely uh, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, it's definitely um, doable if if that makes sense, um, or uh,
1: or it's 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 sustainable. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it's something that I've definitely thought about, um, and I was thinking about doing it because I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to like think about indie VR games, uh, which is apparently like a you know a thing that yeah is picking off or whatever. Uh, but I don't know. I just I just have never gotten around to it. Anyway, we do have some business to take off, So okay, what did I ping you? I pinged you. To, I was like, let's let's talk about this on the fucking this cast. Is, this okay. Is Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah, this was the uh this was this is the take. It's from my friend Jake from high school, who I follow on Twitter. He said the SNES Mario games are roughly equivalent in difficulty to the first Dark Souls. I I haven't played the first Dark Souls. I haven't played most of the original SNES games. I've played the original Super Mario Brothers, but um yeah. So my I, I will say I will start by saying that my experience
0: with Super Mario World, which is the SNES game, is not my experience there is not as deep as my experience the other mario games um uh there's a lot here i i was i've been thinking about it uh quite a bit since you tagged me in it and i think as as a twitter take it's not bad right like and okay and this is not this is not like this is not like like, for like a thought like compressed that that much like i think that's That's fine, but, like, I think there's some, like, if you deep, like, more deeply examine it, part of it is that, like, it's hard to compare across genre, right? Um, I think another part of it, too, is that Mario has a much better learning curve, like, a much less steep learning curve, right? Like, Dark Souls is, like, you know, like, here you go, and, uh, you know, like, you know, and you're fucked, and, you know, keep being fucked until you, um, until you can figure it out. Um, Part of this, uh, too, is that, like, this is kind of like the end of the era of Nintendo hard, which is like out of the era of games being designed to be hard to one stretch the content because, you know, there's only so much information you can store on a cartridge and to um, also to like get quarters out of you. Right. Like that's not necessarily true specifically for the, the Mario games because they are not really like arcade games, but like that's like kind of like the era of get like the, the lessons that we had learned as, as you know, the, and this is the industry had learned had been from arcade games, which were meant to eat your quarters, right? So, um, there's a lot of that influencing it, um, uh, and so I think it's, I think like, like I said, I think the more difficult parts of Super Mario Brothers, especially like the secrets and whatnot, I think I agree, are like that can be that level of tough, um, but I also think so. And this is a, a big, uh, a bigger thing, and I, I don't know if I've got enough time or enough. Thoughts collected to really expand on it, but a lot of the, I think a lot of the thing that makes Dark Souls very hard is the way it, it, it screws with your expectations, right? Like, it is a game kind of built almost on subverting expectations in a lot of different ways, but I think the biggest thing that makes Dark Souls hard is it's harder than you are expecting because of the way that um, just kind of like games are are difficulted, if that makes sense, right? Like, I actually think this is a a pretty strong argument like this is a, a whole other argument about like whether dark souls should have an easy mode or not and i think it shouldn't because if you had an easy mode people would think that easy mode was the normal mode if that makes sense right like
1: yeah so interestingly i watched so i watched the six hour tokimeki memorial action button review that you that you recommended which was a treat from beginning to end Amazing. Then I watched the Final Fantasy VII Remake review. And he talks a little bit about the difficulty and different difficulty modes in that review where he sort of talks about, like, he played on normal, but, like, he felt like the game was at its best on hard, but you only play hard once you've beaten normal and kind of come back sort of like a New Game Plus sort of thing. Um, Which, you know, I've never played the Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I I don't know the specifics of any of that. But... It did really, like, bring me to this sort of place of, like, boy, what is difficulty in video games? Like, so, for instance, you know, on, uh, this happens all the time on Spinch, right? Like, in the Aquapar game server, uh, we had somebody who came in who was having trouble with the final boss, uh, and went at it for, like, multiple days for, like, hours at a time, and I think after five hours they were able to finally beat, like, today... They it took them five hours to sit down and like beat the the final boss. And that's a really gratifying experience, right? Um, but it is also uh you know it it's just five I, hours. I I am just yeah, it's five hours. And I'm just really interested in like the difficulty level of it. Like, so for instance, I so I'm pushing higher keys right now. I'm pushing seven, eights, and nines, right? Um, when it comes to Mythic Plus. And I'm in this position where people in our raid group are also like like we're constantly being like, hey, we're doing mythics do people want to go? And I'm, and I'm subtweeting a good a good friend of mine a little bit but he but he comes to us and he rates and he's and he's an okay raider right like he's he's an okay like person in a raid. but when we're doing these high level keys and I'm in voice with him, I don't want to say, hey, I have a plus eight the other side, right? Does anybody want to run that with me? Because I know he'll say yes, and I don't think he's prepared for that difficulty, frankly. Even though, like, we are both, you know, reasonably prepared for for like the raid, we're still kind of in the same difficulty bracket on the on the raid. But like, I've put a lot of time into doing Mythic Plus. I, you know, friends of the cast, Falenor, Lou is in the chat, right? Amelin, um, we've we've all spent a lot of time running these Mythic Plus keys. Um, And we know the dungeons really well. Uh, We understand what to interrupt, what the boss mechanics are going to be like. We have a certain flow because we do a lot of these together, right? So I can just kind of say, like, okay, I'm going to take the bottom left portal. You take the top left. You take the, you know, whatever else, right? Whereas other, we might have to take a minute to sort of, like, explain some of this sort of shit. Um, and, uh, and And I was reflecting on that the other day. It was, like, it's kind of interesting that we can be both in the same raid band of difficulty, right? But not be in the same, like, Mythic Plus band of difficulty. And how that kind of dictates the way that we're, you know, like, interacting with one another. Especially because, like, sort of the way that WoW is designed right now, you are penalized for carrying your friends. Um, Because, okay, so... For the for the Mystic Plus chest, the first one you do, you get a you get a chest, right? Then the next four you do, you get a chest, and then the next six or the next three you do, then the next six you do, right? And you get a chest for each of those. But it's not like averaged. It is the worst, right? You are the weakest key that you ran that week, essentially. So your first chest is gonna be your best key. Then it is going to be the worst of your top four keys then it's going to be the worst of your top 10 keys right well if i'm carrying friends of mine through plus threes right and i'm like running these mythic uh, i'm I'm like i'm like running mythics i'm actually kind of hurting myself because i'm making that last chest pretty worthless all things considered um which is like not a great which is like not a great feeling uh, the thing that also sucks about this is that there's no. I used to feel fine about this because there's titan forging, right? Which it never happens, but just like the phantom idea that like oh something could titan forge in a in a huge way, made meant that. Um, I didn't feel so bad like doing like kind of carry runs because I could get something from there at least. But now that's just like really not the case, right? Uh, if I'm carrying someone, I am hard carrying them, and the only thing that I'm getting is goodwill or whatever. Anyway, I don't know where that all came from, but difficulty, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. There's. There's. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's an episode at some point. Um, yeah. Oh, another thing I want to talk about that I think is an episode at some point, or maybe not a, not a full episode, but this is Star Wars related. We played Star Wars yesterday that you didn't show up to because you had to run Mythic Pluses or something. I'm, I was uh,
1: the divorced dad, and uh, I didn't uh, show up. <laughs> uh,
0: but, um, uh, so this is this is just a, we, we were talking about, like, you know, when, what date universe, now I like, yeah, and, you know, ABY and BBY is such, like, a dumb system, right? Like, you know, like, it was obviously an ex post facto made thing because, like, the Battle of Yavin is, like, the only thing we know about the universe, right? But I found out that in the current canon, ABY and BBY is a system that was written by a historian looking back, I think it's like an Ithorian or something, looking back and writing an atlas. And the atlas is a thing you can buy, like, in the real world. But it's supposed to be in-world written by somebody else. But it's also supposed to be old, right? So, like, the implication is that, like, you know, A long time ago, galaxy. A long, long time ago, in Galaxy Far, Far Away, is like true for like the present of the Star Wars universe as well. Because there is somebody who who wrote an atlas that came up with the dating system, and he's he's far in the past, but the events of the Battle of Yavin and like the you know the original trilogy or the Skywalker saga are
1: almost instant history for him. In the same way that we have like Anodimani and whatever. BCE stands for. It's it's almost like, but it's it's the
0: the way it's presented, at least from the way I read it, is like the like it'd be like if um who's who would be a good example? It'd be like if like George Washington came up with A.D. and B.C. right? Like yeah, (laughs) and maybe like, but like. But like the timescale is even bigger than that because the Star Wars and everything is like a huge timescales, right? But like it it's like, it's I don't know, it, it's a super interesting thing to talk about because like that also implies that like the Skywalker saga is mythologized, right? Like in the same mm-hmm. way that we like like that like, you know, in the same way that we mythologize George Washington, but then we further mythologize, you know like, like like the Greek myth, right? Like the Greek like the Greek myths. It's almost like. The Skywalker's are on the level of the Greek myths, or maybe it's more like, but like it's, I don't know. I was reading it, and I was I, thinking about it, and I, I don't know, I don't quite know how to fully form. I do on
1: really it. get that. By the way, Alluri in the chat uh, says before the Common Era is what BC stands for.
0: Fair enough. Well um, that, that's, that's, that's BCE and CE. That's like the the because Anno Domini and and BC oh yeah are like not are not uh, historical anymore. BC is before Common Era and
1: to Sorry. Okay, uh, but it is interesting. Like in the WoW universe, it, it, we are in year thirty-three. I think maybe thirty-four. I'm pretty sure it's thirty-three, um, because the timeline break like breaks and starts at what is effectively Warcraft one, the opening of the dark portal. And so stuff that happened before then is in. It's actually typed in negative numbers. To be honest, it's not even like oh this is like ten years before the dark portal. It's like negative ten years ago or whatever. Um, but but I guess that maybe it's just like a fantasy trope or like a sci-fi trope or whatever. You just kind of like find an important event and then you you put it down and you say, This is where we're starting. I, I think that's I think it's probably
0: because unless you're doing the work ahead of time, you don't have any other point of reference, right? Like mm-hmm. like, yeah. like in kind of like this is like the, the what is it, like the the, the doyalist explanation, right? Like in like in universe, the Battle of Yavin is the origination, or not in universe, out of universe. In in our you know, in real life, the Battle of Yavin is the origination of all Star Wars, right? Like, um, but in universe, it shouldn't be that way. But we don't have any other tent poles to, to tie it to, unless somebody has already gone and
1: done the. Work. It's also a little bit weird because the Battle of Yavin comes at the end of Episode Four. Like one of the nice things about the way that uh, the calendar works in Warcraft is. Um, it starts at the beginning of the first Warcraft game, right? The first moments of Warcraft is the Dark Portal opens, right? Whereas the Battle of Yavin is the end of the first movie, so everything that takes place... like Alderaan is destroyed before the Battle of of Yavin, for instance, right? Also, uh, technically we're ignoring the King's Calendar. Like, it's two... I'm sorry, it's 626... In the King's Calendar in WoW, but WoW's timeline is a is a mess. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but like, but my, my
0: point is, is again, from a doylist point of view, right? Like, yeah, a New Hope comes out as one unit, right? It's not like you know, you know, a new like a New Hope is released over I don't know a series of like uh,
1: maybe. That's fair. Like, you know, yeah. like uh, some of the other movies take place over a larger period of time. You know, Attack of the Clones, for instance, and also. Uh, revenge of the sith right like it's implied that weeks months days go by between events in those movies whereas episode four is pretty like back to back right you know in the same couple of days that yavin or i'm sorry that alderaan is destroyed yavin is also right uh, the battle of yavin is fought yeah
0: i mean again the the point but even if it was over a longer time right like because whoever wrote you know start because george lucas came up with star wars like that's the entirety of Star Wars right there, and you can pick any point of that to be in, in there to be an anchor point, right? Like, I mean, since the Warcraft it's the beginning, because the Dark Portal is a big thing, um, whereas like the big thing in Star Wars is um, is the Battle of Yavin. Even though there's implied backstory, we don't have any of the details for that. No one's written that down yet, unless you've mm-hmm. already done the work for that, right? Like in Pathfinder, we're in like, uh, well, we're right now. We're it's 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 in like 20. I think it's 22 or 21 um, or 61 or something. It's it's it's. Two numbers that I don't know, and then the current year is what the year is in the Pathfinder universe. But they've done the work, the backstory, to figure that out, because they did that before they released the product, right? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, I wish they did that for, for Warcraft. One of the weird things that's tough about Warcraft is technically Warcraft years are, like, two years of real-time, because each year is an expansion, basically, right? So, year 26... Or I'm sorry, year 25? Maybe it's year 26. in Warcraft is, like, Wrath of the Lich King, right? the start of Wrath is at the beginning of the year, Lich King dies, the year's over, kind of thing. Now we're into year 28, or whatever the the number is. Um, Even though, like, these things take a a variable amount of times, I wish they would just do that Pathfinder thing. They would just marry it to a real... Like, there is an in-game calendar, right? Like, there are Hallow's End events or whatever. It would just make everybody's life easier if they were just like, oh, well, you know, Battle for Azeroth took two years and 18 days because would you look at that... BFA released here and it concluded here and this is canonically you know like where where stuff happens like so wh- one of the things that's interesting is like where do bosses die um for a long time bosses died on raid finder releases of their death right so on the release that you could do raid finder wing nazoth that was kind of canonically the week that nazoth died for everybody, right? Because you think at that point, basically everybody has a chance to see the, see the kind of content. But in Shadowlands, the current Covenant campaigns assume that Castle Nathria has been, like, defeated, and you are in a post-Castle Nathria raid world. I haven't beaten Sire Denathrius, and I have no idea what happens at the end of that raid, because I'm, like, saving that, you know, chunk of story for when I do finally defeat Sire Denathrius. Um, but it's just, like, an interesting thing to think about
0: yeah no absolutely like and obviously this is a bigger problem for like live service stuff right because like you you Mm. have to figure out what's happening like with with all of that right and like yeah i mean that's probably a whole episode in itself too is like talking about like the way the way the timelines screw themselves up but we're pretty over our time at this point so um i think we can let it lie there unless you got any more thoughts about Time-wise. i have no more
1: uh, we we can we can save that for another episode all
0: right well if you'd like to email us about any of the things we talked about on today's podcast uh you can email us at some at gmail.com or at of play games.com you can follow us at twitch.tv slash uh, endorse where we're broadcasting these live now thank you to our audience who has been particularly uh engaged this this session thank you thank you guys uh we're doing and, better
1: about the chat yeah. i promise <laughs>
0: Um, and, uh, what else? Uh, oh, rate, right, review us on iTunes. You can donate to us on Patreon if you feel like it. Um, and, uh, I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything
1: else that you wanted to promote? I'm in a weird position. I do have something that I want to promote, but it hasn't been announced yet. I just want to say, cryptically, pay attention to what got posted on Saturday on the Akupar Games account, and look forward to this Thursday. On the Acquire Games account, is... Uh, this is something that is very cool that I that I worked on uh, that I really want to. We honestly maybe could do an episode on it because I think it's so sweet. Um, so, is, is it going to yeah. be a tweet or is it going to be a Twitch stream? Is it gonna uh, a... It's technically going to be a blog. Uh, blog post. So Ooh. look look out for look out for that. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be more than that. I would I want to say more, but I would yeah, the thing definitely. I can announce is that the blog is coming out on Thursday and you should read it. I guess. Um, So, yeah. All right. I'll look forward to it. All right. Well, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.